0: Hello and welcome to Mystery Simon Theater 3000. I'm Simon, and this is a podcast where I'm showcasing my VHS collection of almost 3,000 titles. Every episode, I'm going to be telling you about the three tapes that I watched. One of them is chosen with a random number generator. The second one is chosen by my co-host Juan Carlos, and the third one is chosen by a guest. And this episode's guest is producer Johnny.
1: Yes, uh, I am guest and co-host today, and for the next handful of episodes, um, while our friend Juan Carlos is uh, taking a break from presenting. I have not only drawn a selection for the three tapes that we're going to talk about today, but I'll also be taking uh, another draw on uh, the co-host tape. Simon, why don't you tell me the three tapes that, we, uh, that we're going to be talking about today.
0: Okay. We're going to be talking about 1941's Citizen Kane. Then we're going to be talking about 1984's Star Trek Three. The Search for Spock. And then 1997's Ronin.
1: Why don't we go ahead and uh, start with uh, Citizen Kane, since it's over here on the uh, left.
0: Okay. And this was one of three boxes of uh, Citizen Kane that we had. And even though we have, like, many tapes, like, duplicate tapes of titles, this is a rare instance where we have multiple versions of the cover. Mm-hmm. It's something that I thought was really fun and... Um, just nice little pieces of, uh, you know, art- nice artifacts yeah. to keep.
1: Yeah, this is a strange one because <laughs> it's got like... Um, it closes from the bottom. Flaps on both sides of the tape.
0: And you probably won't be able to see that, but... <laughs> and this box is pretty sparse. There's not much on it besides uh, Citizen Kane starring Orson Welles, Joseph Cotton, Agnes Moorhead...
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Now, the print's just a little hard to read. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. In the back, just reiterates all of that. Citizen Kane starring Orson Welles, Joseph Cotton, and Agnes Moorhead. Uh, Generally regarded as the finest film ever made in America. Citizen Kane is the story of a powerful newspaper publisher told by those who knew him best or thought they did. Release date in 1941. It's black and white. It's 120 minutes all right that's that's really all this box has to has to offer
1: i mean it's definitely got some cool fonts too i really like the uh font that's written on on the back the way they've stylized mm-hmm. citizen kane on the back sure it's really cool and um the uh, distributor is pretty cool too it's uh a distributor called N- nostalgia factory nostalgia and, merchant or nostalgia merchant that's what it is yeah and uh they had some really cool visuals before the movie um, because this uh, movie did not have
0: did not have any, any trailers. trailers.
1: Yeah. Um, which we've talked about before, you know, movie of this length. It's not typical uh, for something this long to have trailers. It's a lot of tape to fit into a cassette.
0: I mean, it could also just be the, the age of the movie. This copy was printed in 1985. Um... Maybe they just—it wasn't uh, in vogue. <laughs> it was maybe a faux pas to put trailers before Citizen Kane.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe.
0: Yeah, this one wasn't bad. Uh, my only complaint, and like for most our VHS tapes, is that you know it's not in widescreen, and that's always going to affect the viewing experience. Especially like this was my first time watching Citizen Kane in its entirety. I've seen clips my whole life i think it's been like reference to death to the point where it almost feels like you've watched the movie so i i that that's a huge reason i've never sought out to watch citizen kane it just feels like i had already seen <laughs> citizen kane yeah yeah
1: definitely a lot of it kind of uh, creeps into the uh cultural lexicon but um this viewing for me started i think what will be a uh Lifelong passion for this movie. I think this easily became one of my favorite movies. Watching it uh, because it was my first time too. Um, but wow. there's just so much going on in this movie, mm-hmm. and uh, so much story behind its production, and so much that's innovative and captivating about the story that's uh, incredible. I uh, can't wait to watch it more.
0: I I liked this movie. I it didn't really feel its length it it didn't let down like i i was kind of expecting it to be a little bit underwhelming but it it wasn't it was every bit as dramatic as folks made it out to be and as iconic as it kind of deserves to be it's kind of its own uh metaphor you know like oh it's a citizen cane of this thing
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> and so you know you put a name to a face and it was good it was really good
1: yeah totally so, if you could describe this movie in one word, what would it be?
0: I, I'm just trying to figure out, or maybe trying to remember what it made me feel. Sad. Okay. Okay. It it, it was a very sad movie from tip to tail. Uh, like even even if you just consider the the timeline of events as they happen, not necessarily the narrative timeline of this man, this mysterious man, dying and revisiting his childhood and all of these other important moments in his life. But if you just like see his life from childhood to death, it's just really, really fucking sad.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Um, Kane is a tragic figure for sure. So I definitely, I would agree with that.
0: What about you? What's your one-word description for this movie?
1: Um, I think it's in a similar vein: uh, longing. What makes Kane such uh, an interesting character is that he seems to want to get back to this identity um, that he's romanticized in his mind. He kind of like wants to be this spokesperson for the common person, for the people, um, because in his estimation, he may be feels like that's where he comes from being ripped away from his original family for me it felt very in some ways apparent that he always kind of wanted to get back to this place he felt like he really belonged,
0: belonged i took that, that as the last time that he was happy was sure. when he was with his family with his mother like we like uh before he gets taken away he's sledding
1: yeah would you rewind
0: yeah we did we okay. were rewound. yeah yeah
1: rewound and uh, snuck a copy for our personal, personal library at home. We have enough. Yeah.
0: And we took the one with the best sound.
1: <laughs> what have we got next?
0: Next, we are going to talk about Star Trek Three: The Search for Spock. Uh, this is also a movie that I watched for the first time. I haven't, like, I didn't go into it feeling like I had seen it already the way I did um, with the Wrath of Khan. And, like, I honestly, like, I have nothing but good things to say about this movie. And about Leonard Nimoy as a director. This was great. So the the box art has just a phenomenal, uh, like, poster, like, painting.
1: Yeah, those colors are really, really great. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, really of, like, I can can tell that this was the poster art that was probably, like, hanging in front of movie theaters uh, when it came out. Uh, It's really dramatic. It's, like, a little bit psychedelic. Mm -hmm. And it's... What I didn't really anticipate going into this movie was just how evocative this cover was of the lighting and the cinematography. It is so good. So, really... uh, This is, again, just, like, a really simple cover. This tape looks really, really old. Okay, I think this was printed in 85. So, this came out not long after, like, the movie was released. Yeah. And it reads... Admiral Kirk's defeat of Khan and the creation of the Genesis planet are empty victories. Spock is dead, and McCoy is unexplainably being driven insane. Then, an unexpected visit from Sarek, Spock's father, provides a startling revelation. McCoy is harboring Spock's living essence. With one friend alive and one not, but both in pain, Kirk attempts to help his friends by stealing the Enterprise and defying Starfleet's Genesis Planet Quarantine. But the Klingons have also learned of Genesis and the race to meet Kirk in a deadly rendezvous. Kudos to anyone learning English who sees the word rendezvous and then doesn't give up.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Unless they're coming from French.
0: Okay, so yeah. So this one actually has like a... uh, I haven't ever really seen this before, at least uh, not that I've bothered to notice. In the credits listed on this box... It says visual effects by ILM, but there's a little box around it. Like they're trying to, it, it's, the, it's the only thing that really feels like it's highlighted in these credits. I just, that's, I think that's interesting. This had no trailers. This also had no trailers, unfortunately. But again, it could just be that the tape was, could have just came out at a time when we weren't treating like that tape before the feature as ad space. Yeah. Could be. Because this movie is, I mean, it's two. It's at least two hours, I'm pretty sure.
1: Or maybe they didn't, you know. Oh, no, it's not.
0: It's only 105 minutes, so it's not that long of a movie.
1: No. Maybe they didn't want any conflicting ads because this definitely felt like a big ad for the first movie, or the first two (laughs) movies. I guess the second movie, technically. What's your one word to describe this movie?
0: Mm, Ethereal. Ethereal. Yeah. Okay,
1: yeah. Say more.
0: There's a lot of of this movie that relies on VO, <laughs> but it's it, like a lot of a lot of the exposition and like it takes place as um, thoughts, and it's it's not necessarily thoughts that any one person is having, but it's like thoughts that are being transmitted and thoughts that are. Um, not necessarily like willfully being experienced. Mm. Um, so th- th- there's just a lot of like psychic communication and psychic exposition. Okay. And then combined with what I was mentioning earlier on like the lighting, the cinematography, it is like so dramatic and so colorful. Like this movie is such a Technicolor masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It really elevates the Star Trek franchise and like takes it out of. You know, the heat, just like that that flat television environment. And there's just so much depth to it. But again, like, I really can't stress, like, how great the colors and, like, the lighting is in this movie. Uh, it looks great. It is beautiful, the blocking colors, atmosphere. Yeah. Great.
1: Yeah, totally. I love the the look of all of the cutaway scenes to the Klingon ship. Um they just have this, like, great, like, super 80s deep red, like, mm. lighting, which is just wonderful uh, super vibey.
0: <laughs> is that <laughs> I, your one I got word? That cling, I got that Klingon vibe. <laughs> 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 yeah. My one word? Is it vibey?
1: No. I think um, my one word is linguistics. Um, okay. I loved... How the Klingon language was built out in this
0: movie.
1: I now understand better how there are jokes about people learning conversational Klingon. Because <laughs> there's like just enough Klingon dialogue in this movie. To understand
0: how to get to the library?
1: Yeah, well, I feel like you could start to figure out (laughs) how this language works. And then also the the other character we were talking about who kind of has the backwards sort of Yoda syntax. How much and how soon?
0: How soon is now? How much is
1: where? I really just enjoyed those. I I always like when any kind of sci-fi work can build out a world in a convincing manner. And make those things seem a little less arbitrary. So, would you rewind?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I did rewind. Awesome. One of my biggest takeaways from this movie was realizing, or maybe just learning, just how much of Spaceballs was ripping off this specific movie. Yes. <laughs> it, it it blew my goddamn mind. I've seen Spaceballs more times than any one person probably could and i can realistically quote that whole movie from start to finish and <laughs> um seeing where just some of these like like some of the jokes and just like longer sequences in space balls like where they came from was interesting
1: <laughs> so citizen kane was my pick from last week
0: mm-hmm. star trek was, the, was random. the random pick. Mm-hmm.
1: And this last movie was Juan Carlos' pick.
0: Mm-hmm. What have we got? Bravo, De Roman. <laughs> this movie was so good. I've, this is another movie that I've seen in clips for years, and I knew exactly what to expect. I was expecting one of the best action movies in, in existence, and that's exactly what this is. Like, nothing about it. Um, was was a letdown. This is such a good movie. And uh, this box is a little worse for wear, but I mean, uh, how can you blame someone for just like not wanting to watch their <laughs> copy of Ronin? And let's see. This is also... This is actually... So Star Trek might have been our shortest movie. Was it? I think so. Okay. This is, so this is 105 minutes. This one is two hours and one minute. Citizen Kane is... A solid just two hours. 120 minutes. So moving on to, we got a pull quote here. The best action film of the year. Joel Siegel, Good Morning America. We read one of his quotes last week, didn't we? I feel like we read a Joel Joel Siegel. Maybe a mummy?
1: I can't remember. Maybe. Yeah.
0: And then we get two thumbs up from Siskel and Ebert. I agree with those thumbs. A sly masterpiece, someone at Time Magazine. Let's see, and I think, nope, that's part of the logline. So here we go. In a world where loyalties are abandoned and allegiances can be bought, a new and deadlier terrorist threat has emerged, free agent killers. Featuring, quote, a first-rate cast, says the LA Daily News, including Robert De Niro, Jean Reno, Jonathan Price and directed by a, quote, master of intelligent thrillers, says Roger Ebert of the Chicago Sun-Times. Ronan is a gritty and international action caper, says Rolling Stone, full of, quote, high-octane action, says Gene Shalit of today. The Cold War may be over, but a new world order keeps a group of covert mercenaries whose skills in surveillance, reconnaissance, and attack are legendary, employed by the highest bidder. These operatives for hire, known as Ronin, are assembled in France by a mysterious client for an extremely dangerous mission, steal a top secret briefcase. This seemingly easy task soon proves explosive as other underworld organizations vie for the same prize. But to get the job done, this ragtag group of misfits, led by an ex-CIA agent named Sam, De Niro, must do something they've never done before. Trust each other. Featuring some of the most exciting car crashes that, quote, are nothing short of sensational. Janet Maslin of The New York Times, quote, the stomach-sinking likes of which moviegoers haven't seen since The French Connection, says People magazine. Ronan is, quote, the real deal in action fireworks, says Rolling Stone. I I agree with every quote that is used on this box. Like this, this might be the most quoted logline we'll probably ever, hopefully, ever have to do. Quote heavy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. We'll
0: see. We'll see. We got a lot more. But this is also a film deserving of it. Like it does, it does all these things. It is an intelligent thriller. It is an international action caper. (laughs) High-octane action. a good caper. Stomach sinking. Sure, sure. And it did remind me of The French Connection. There's a lot of, like, kind of just, like, simple car chases, but, like, a car is driving on the wrong side of the road. That's really fucking scary.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's some uh, definitely wild car chases, and, um, you know, we were watching the Ebert review of this movie, and uh, something he said was really funny, which is just you, you kind of have this thought that occurs to you as you're watching it, like if oh, everything was just thought. blowing up and <laughs> all these cars were going everywhere and open shootouts, like people like oh, it'd yeah, be all just, over the news, like, if <laughs> like this people were getting gunned happened. down
0: at the Colosseum in Rome, and <laughs> like they they never. You know, there's no transition with like a, a news broadcast. They could be in a diner, like,
1: <laughs> and that's playing in the background or something, like. But nah, just just another day in Rome. Ciao, yeah. to Rome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, this was this one. This one was great. It's, I, I would say, like you do have to pay attention to it because there's a lot of moving pieces at the beginning of this movie. I think we were asking ourselves a lot of questions like, who is that guy, what's going on? And because everyone is some kind of mercenary with an identity that they have to hold close, information is very sparsely yet intentionally kind of like given out at the beginning. So like, so long as you pay attention and maybe not get too caught up in the beginning, it's just such a good time
1: absolutely so tell me about the trailers
0: trailers this one had trailers the first one that we got was the the mod squad and the note I have for this trailer was it has like the wor- one of the worst songs I've ever heard of just objectively I, I can't describe it all I remember is thinking to myself my god this is awful. Uh, following that was a movie I watched quite a bit in high school, The Rage, Carrie 2. <laughs> and like leading up to the reveal of this title, I I, fr- I forgot what the, the name of this movie was, with the exception that it was like, oh, it's Carrie 2. But the main character's name is is Ra- Rachel, I think, in this movie. And I kept asking, like the whole time the trailer was playing, I was like, wait, what is this movie called? They can't just call it Carrie 2. Like, her name's not Carrie. Yeah, that's the the, the, the movie's rage. technically called The Rage. Cole the and the Carrie Two.
1: The rage. The rage Chul. The rage. Do you think that was
0: intentional when they were writing the movie?
1: I don't know. Maybe something. Stranger but
0: things have happened.
1: When we were, when we were watching. Better this choices have been made. Preview. Um, I kept thinking that it was the faculty.
0: yes you did (laughs) well i kept telling you kept saying like the faculty i'm like nope that's another movie i've seen a lot
1: it you know it's a scary movie there's a high school and so it's just immediately the the first thing i think of every time i see it
0: well the last trailer on this is another movie that i that i'm sure a lot of people confuse with the faculty oh yeah yeah. so like they're like this is a couple on this tape a tape with trailers that followed like a very specific theme there were marketing towards a very cer- certain demographic next we have the uh mgm soundtracks and i think like i tried to make note of all of the movies that this was quite a long trailer for just yeah, like
1: there were there were mgm few
0: soundtracks you
1: we got did Alice's the busy work restaurant was the first one. And Wait,
0: but that's not, is that the name of the movie or the name of the song? So
1: I think these are all movie songs.
0: These it wasn't are all clear. movie
1: songs. These are all songs that have the title of the movie they're in. So Alice's Restaurant by Arlo Guthrie, The Living Daylights by John Barry, Man of La Mancha by Mitch Lee, and Joe Darren, I think, might have been the lyricist on that one. Rancho Deluxe by Jimmy Buffett, Rest in Peace.
0: R.I.P.D., buddy.
1: And Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And some Like It Hot. Neither of those were credited.
0: They were written by MGM.
1: They're written by MGM <laughs> themselves.
0: Yep. All of these songs or these soundtracks were, quote, available at fine retailers.
1: Fine ass retailers.
0: <laughs> Next we have one of another, like this, this whole Hape had trailers of just like movies I watched a lot mm. <laughs> growing up. Uh, Rush Hour, the Great original point. East Meets West problematic buddy cop kung fu movie.
1: Kung food for thought.
0: That is, is a joke appropriate for that movie. Oh, this next one I actually haven't ever seen. I had never heard of it, but it looks really fun. I want to see it. It's just Soldier. Uh, Kurt Russell. Soldier. Mm. It's some kind of a dystopian future something or other. Futuristic soldiers. Like, yeah, sign me up. Next, we have um, a movie that I've been hearing a lot about lately because we're recording this right after Halloween. It's uh, Practical Magic.
1: Practical Magic.
0: Mm-hmm. Nicole Kidman and Sandy, Sandy Bullock. Oh, but to finish out the trailers on this tape, we have Disturbing Behavior, starring Katie Holmes, Teddy from Westworld.
1: <laughs> yeah, I thought this one was also The Faculty. Yeah. So... I didn't realize Teddy was in it.
0: I kept, I kept saying, "Hey, Teddy! It's Teddy! It's Teddy!"
1: <laughs> I might not have been fully paying attention.
0: You weren't. That's why I kept saying it. You weren't <laughs> reacting because usually you'd be like, "What?" But you didn't. Think, uh, James Marsden is who we're talking about. We're yeah. we're in the middle of a Westworld we watch. Yeah.
1: If you could describe Ronin in one word, what would it be? Thrilling. Thrilling.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's, it's... I could describe it the same way I have, like, Mission Impossible or The Mummy. It is a fun action adventure. I don't know that I would call this a, a blockbuster the same way I would Mission Impossible or The Mummy. Um, but it, it probably was... And it is just so, so much tighter. All of the stunts and the action. And like the thing that I hate in a lot of action movies are just like shoot 'em up scenes. And like this movie has real stakes. They just kind of like people are just. Oh, can I change my one word description? Actually, collateral <laughs> damage. <laughs> so many people. So, like so many innocent bystanders get blown up in this movie and then also just uh like the the principal cast like they are supporting characters sure like in in Ronin the Ronin team but like they all get picked off in an order that I wasn't expecting and like dying in ways that I wasn't expecting and mm. there were just uh, like certain climactic scenes where just like hey do this or we're going to uh i guess this this will be a spoiler they're like hey you need to do this or we're gonna kill this world famous olympic figure skater while she's performing and when do you ever see that follow through and then they fucking do it
1: yeah i was
0: i was really satisfied that they just like followed through on a threat and we're just like Making me feel like anyone is in danger. Most of the, with most action movies and like especially in TV, like action TV and propaganda shows, where mm-hmm. there's just you know forty fifty extras dressed in SWAT uniforms with machine guns, and it's really who cares?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But here, I'm just like, there, there was that, uh, the fruit vendors, like, they get Yeah, up. yeah,
1: just random fruit um,
0: vendors. Tourists at the Coliseum, like I mentioned earlier, were uh, being used as human shields and just, yeah. like,
1: squibs everywhere. It was beautiful. It's the kind of thing that I always, like, trip out on when I'm watching uh, something like Total Recall. <laughs> Total Recall when, you know. Just people (laughs) grabbing, grabbing human meat shields left and right, and it's totally ridiculous and like just gnarly. Um, Oh yeah, I mean this movie definitely has that. The man in Total
0: Recall was somehow also bulletproof.
1: Yeah, none of those bullets went went through. Yeah, I mean that's why he died. Yeah, yeah. If he died at all, if he ever even existed.
0: Okay. What is your one word description for Ronan? Ambush. Okay. Uh,
1: That. I think was one of my favorite scenes in this movie Which is one? when Robert De Niro
0: mm-hmm.
1: is sussing out this guy who is posing as ex-military. Uh, I think maybe oh, even sheen, like Air Force. Sheen now. Bean? Yeah. Sheen Bean. Sean Bean. Um, Sean Bond. Sean Bond. <laughs> scene Bean. Sean Bean. The moment he's kind of Putting the pressure, putting the thumb screws to uh, Sheen Bean. Mm. Uh, he's walking him back into this coffee cup that he set up like two scenes beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so, as he's kind of like pressing him for the details of this ambush, he's like
0: ambushing uh, him, ambushing <laughs> him into this
1: cup of coffee. And then he actually like says it, like as he like tips him over, and then like you know, havoc ensues. And you can watch the movie, but it's a great scene. It's phenomenal, um, Robert De Niro. That's the just, intelligent
0: part of this movie. Is like everything is so well thought through. Yeah, and followed through. Yeah, it
1: great. It, it's great. He's he's asking you know questions the entire time. Just like has a hunch that nothing about this thing is right, and he ends up being a boss in the end. Uh, so
0: yeah, you know. and I like I liked all of his his questions because like I I just like the way he presented himself because every time. You asked him a question, he would, like, de- he would, like, uh, deflect. You ever kill anybody? I hurt somebody's feelings once. The idea is just, like, no, I'm not going to tell you anything about myself. Right. Are you right. nuts? Yeah. <laughs> but when he's asking questions or when he's kind of, like, interrogating the people that he's working with, they're just like, you don't need to know that. And he's like, yes, I do. Is it heavy? Am I going to have to cut off a guy's arm? Like, you need to tell me, like, a little bit of information so that I can do my goddamn job. Yeah. It's a it's goddamn professional.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Oh, and speaking of professional, it's the second week in a row we got a genre <laughs> <Renaud> no movie, <laughs> um, which was a little hard, I think. Uh, maybe we talked about it with Tyler. I don't know if it happened on camera or not, but, like, sometimes we're—I know I get upset when I see— uh, a trailer before a movie with, like, the same actor who I'm about to watch. Like, things like that kind of make me upset. Um, and I get, I don't get to choose any of the movies I watch. And it was a little hard seeing Jean Reno, Mission Impossible, and then Jean Reno and Ronan where he's, like, best friend. Yeah. <laughs> best friend character. Um, he's – I love him. Juan. I just
1: – have that image of him driving that truck in, oh, my, with in the, the fire smirk. truck in my mind <laughs> <laughs> like that's it's just how he's frozen in my brain
0: <laughs> it's the Sandra Bullock one
1: there you have it folks Citizen Kane Star Trek 3 The Search for Spock and Ronan and
0: now the mystery part of Mystery Simon Theater 3000 what movies do I have to watch? Who's our guest next week?
1: Our guest next week will be Paul Burke of local music scene fame. And (laughs) uh, you might know Paul Burke from the Lobato Men, Scourge of Eons. Heaven and Earth
0: Association.
1: Or Monte Vega. This first pick is Paul's.
0: This first one's Paul's? Yeah. You were laughing earlier. What is, what is, what is, what is? Paul. (laughs)
1: <laughs> we got lightning jack with paul, paul hogan. hogan
0: and Cuba Gooding Jr. <laughs> oh this is this is a this isn't an australian western this is just a an american western
1: that's crocodile dundee right yeah i paul know hogan.
0: well the, the australians like australia has their own wild west and their own you know like history of western movies they had their own cowboys yeah you know the outbacks is its own kind of wild west so i'm pretty sure this is not an australian uh, cowboy movie all right can't say that i'm excited but apparently 1994 is finest
1: now this second pick is mine since i'll be filling in as co-host for a little bit
0: okay Okay.
1: So I did not pick this one randomly. Uh, I haven't picked the last one the uh, last two movies randomly. Uh We've I've
0: been, been watching Hitchcock. A
1: lot about film, so <laughs> I wanted to watch rear window and I think it'll be a fun one. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. This so one with uh, Princess Grace. What is this writing on? Is that a hundred?
1: It says yes, one hundred in red marker. Why? Mm.
0: Oh. Okay. And so this third one is the completely random pick. Oh, Second. no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. Kevin Costner is Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. I was
1: really hoping we'd get men in tights. Me, too. Uh,
0: okay. Another Carrie El- Elwes. Another Cal- oh. Carrie
1: Elwes. Yeah.
0: Prince Alas. of it's the only way i'll say it uh, in a minor okay yeah thank you so much for watching mystery simon theater 3000 please like and subscribe you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts and you can also follow us on instagram at msimont t3k uh, producer johnny posts a lot of reels and <laughs> photographs of Movies that we find in just just general hijinks.
1: Yes, real good.
0: You could also subscribe to our newsletter at weirdwonderfulstuff.substack.com. That is where I list out all of the trailers, and I will be including all of, like like trailers for eat for every movie in that newsletter as a video file. So if that is something that uh, interests you, these like movies like if you think the tapes are forgotten these trailers are truly uh, truly the essence of like media that's been memory hold
1: yeah that is one of the charms of this platform is you have this captive audience getting ready to watch a movie and unless you want to get up off the couch and hit that fast forward that's what the remote is for Yeah, and even then, you're putting wear on your machine, you know? (laughs) So it's just easier to watch the trailers. We don't care about wear. Yeah, well, I care about wear and when and why. All of those things.
0: Mm -mm. Planned obsolescence is what we're here for. So thank you. And uh, if you'd like to be a guest on Mystery Simon Theater 3000, you can get in touch with producer Johnny. uh, Johnny at weirdwonderful.club.
1: Or uh, send me a DM on Instagram, and mm-hmm. I'd love to start a conversation there.
0: Or comment where comment on this.
1: Comment here. <laughs> yeah, leave your comments. I read them all and okay. respond to them.
0: So uh, thank you. Good night. I'll see you on the other side.